Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is in conversation with Brooke Bauer of Gordian Solutions Group. Okay, welcome everybody. This is Alex Tiersch and Medical Spa Insider is coming at you again. We have Brooke Bauer from GSG on the AmSpa hotline. Now, many of you who follow AmSpa um, know that we recently released uh, a state of the industry report, which is something that we have done now uh, for a couple years in a row and will continue to do into the future. And what it is, is we take some time to really query not only our members, but also other folks in the industry, mostly about the business aspects of the medical spot industry. When we When we first did this, the 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 idea was we we really wanted to understand um, how many med spas there were, uh, where they were located, uh, what types of money they were being that was was being made. I mean, there really hadn't been any type of a survey that had t- tried to do that. There's 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 lots of surveys out there that that measure you know number of um, toxin treatments, number of uh, injectable filler treatments, and things like that. And so we, we didn't want to repeat that. What we wanted to do was was really try to get an idea of what the business and the industry itself looked like. So Brooke and her company um, helped us do this in our um, original state of the industry survey, uh, which we which back in 2019. Um, and then she, we, we engaged them again to help us again. And we just published this. It is available. Um, the executive summary, I should say, is available, uh, for, uh, free of charge, um, on our website. And then, um, our AmSpa Plus members actually get the entire report for free. Um, otherwise it's, it is available for, for, for purchase. Um, but Brooke was, um, generous enough with her time to come on and help us um, understand the report a little bit, talk a little bit about high-level findings, and, and and just kind of break down what we found a little bit more so that you folks can can understand what's in it and how to look at it. So, Brooke, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me, Alex. Absolutely. Um, and by the way, this is Brooke's first podcast, so we're all going to be very, very nice to her. Um, she's maybe a little nervous, but she's really smart, so I have no doubt we're all going to be <laughs> happy with what she has to say. But, but Brooke, if, if you don't mind, I, I think it's important um, because when we first started talking to you, um, we, we were going to do this report um, almost – on our own, and and we 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 were just going to query our members and kind of you know throw together the data. We ended up talking to you and your company, and um, really were 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 swayed to to use an independent source that 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 from folks who know how to do these industry studies. Talk a little bit about your background, um, your company, and and what you do to help groups like ours to prepare these reports, and 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 what difference that makes in the end. Sure. So I've been in market research since 2007, and um, the the principles of market research that help guide these reports for industry standards are really important. And it's something that, as somebody with experience, you know, 15 years plus of experience, you you grow those, and so I'm glad that you decided to go with a research company to do this because I think it has increased the quality of the report. Um, I started out in pharmaceutical life sciences research, but I ended up with a strong focus in the aesthetics industry, 
with my first client being Metasys Pharmaceuticals back in the day. Yeah. I helped them with tons of launch data around their aesthetic injectable products. So my experience in the aesthetics industry is quite deep. Um, this particular opportunity was very exciting. And you talked about it a little bit, Alex, in that, yes, there's tons of reports about the state of the aesthetic industry. But when it comes to the medical spas and their participation in that, there really isn't a whole lot of data out there. So this was an opportunity to create an industry report based on sound research principles um, and provide some of that data to the industry. So I'm glad that you reached out to us. Yeah, no, of course. It's been it's been a fun um, endeavor. Uh, I've It's something that we enjoy doing. Um, and I, I will tell you though, and, and, and I'd, I'd love, you know, your, your kind of thoughts and input on this too. It's, it, it hasn't been super easy. Um, just because, well, well I, I suppose for a variety of reasons the, the industry is new. Um, so re, re, relatively speaking, but kind of the other thing is that it's, it's, it's oftentimes tough to define what a med spa is. And, um, it's also, you know, tough to kind of find them. I, I think the thing that's been been surprising to me as, as we go along with with our growth in AmSpa and with this report is the number of med spas that are out there and the people in this industry continues to to kind of surprise me as 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 to how large it is and how fast it's growing, um, and just just kind of how difficult it is to wrap. Our, our brains around kind of the the edges of the industry. I, how, what, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Um, so there's there's kind of two parts to research. Um, there's the methodology. There's the questions that you ask and how you ask them. And then that leads into the insights. And then there's how do you get people to answer those questions? Right. And at this point, like you said, with the medical spot industry being newer, there's not many resources out there to get people to respond specifically about medical spas. So AMSPA is in a really unique situation in that you have access to those people. That being said, they're super busy people, especially in 2021 um, with the industry just booming for them. And so actually getting them to respond to a survey is the second level. You have access to them and then getting them to respond. That's always a challenging part of research. I see it in other industries. So I know you said it was a challenge for you in this, but you're not alone. It's a challenge in every research project. That being said, I think we did an excellent job this year of getting a solid base of respondents. We worked really hard before we launched the survey this year. We took feedback from people who did it in 2019. We really streamlined it to make it easier for them to respond to. We focused in on the most important questions for the industry. Um, So I think that together we did an excellent job of minimizing the challenges this year and the data really shows, shows that effort. Yeah. And so we're going to, we're going to jump into a little bit of that data because I think, you know, there's so much in this report for those of you who are listening. um, I mean, we could, you know, spend four or five hours going through it there. So I, I encourage you to, to take a look at it. Um, and even the, just the executive summary provides a lot of information, but the report itself is very robust. There's a lot of information in there. Um, before we dive into kind of the overall contours of things, you know, the other thing that, that, that I found, um, and this was similar to um, last time, is it's all those things that you said, Brooke, about 
finding the people and getting them to answer is is absolutely true. We have an issue, and I would love to see kind of how common this is. We have an issue in that there's a lot of folks who just don't know the answers to the questions that we're asking. So we we provide, um, or what we're trying to, to find, I should say, is you know how much revenue are you making? How much revenue are you making from particular treatments? What are your margins? How much are you paying? What are your cost of goods? Um, how much are, you know? What are your the, the the percentage breakdown between what you're spending on payroll versus rent? Things that in a business sense people need to know and tend to be pretty rudimentary from a business perspective. We found though that there was a lot of people in this industry who. Just just did not know that stuff. And so couldn't even give us answers other than, yeah, I think I'm making 2 million or whatever. Is that, is, is, is that pretty common or is that very, is that specific to this industry and it's, it's newness? It's specific to an industry where you have um, the practice being run by one or two people. I would say mom and pop industry. Yeah. So what we found in our survey data, both in 2019 and this year, in that it hasn't changed, is the large percentage of these are run by a single or group of private owners. And very few yet are franchised or on the corporate level. So when you think about that, those people running them are the healthcare providers, are the MDs, are the NPs. Their training is on the medical side of things, not the business side of things. And they're stretched. They're running a business for the first time. So I'm not surprised by it in this industry. I will say that the way that we designed the study accounts for people who can give an answer that they're confident in and gives people an out if they can't. So the data that we were able to collect from people that gave answers is clean. It's from people that are confident in their answers. So we I guess what I'm saying is it, I'm not surprised by it, but even though it's challenging for people to answer, those who couldn't answer it didn't have to answer it. So our data is reflective of right. you know, those accurate numbers. Right. And, and, and again, we're going to get into this, but I mean, some of that's reflected in the number of locations and then the number of owners in that location. It's, it is very much a mom and pop industry, which we'll get into. All right. So let's start though. Um, Brooke, talk to me about how, the overarching survey, uh, what was put together? How, how did you do this? Who did you talk to? Um, what's what are some of the high level things that we can glean from from that? So the survey was a fifteen minute survey this year. Like I said, we skinnied it down. Um, we talked to four hundred and eighteen all U.S. based medical spa owners and employees. And a portion of those were AMSPA members, a portion weren't. Um, some were the owners, some were non-owners. So we have a really great mix of different medical spa representation in this report. And within that 15-minute survey, we asked a battery of questions. We always order the questions in a way where they, the ones they see first don't bias their answers in the end. Going back to what you said, Alex, earlier about why it's important to have a research professional do it. Um, there are ways to do that that we employed. Um, so all those people answered the survey. We collect the data. There's a very specific, you know, not to get into too much of the boring details for people who aren't data geeks like me, <laughs> but there's a very specific way of cleaning the data to make sure that all of the data that you have is 
uh, is quality data. Anybody who might have been like speeding through it, we don't have their answers in there, mudding up the responses. And then we bring the, the results together in this final report. And there's two pieces of it. There's the survey um, responses that we have. We look at that. We slice and dice them by single location versus multi-location. We look at differences by geography when sample size permits. And then a piece of this is also forecasting the industry size, both as it relates to number of medical spas in the U.S., as well as the um, total revenue size, average revenue per medical spa. And so that piece of it brings in some of the survey data, and it also brings in some publicly available data that helps us triangulate the survey data and estimate those forecasted numbers. Um, so at the end, when you look at this report creation, everything culminates into kind of like these two pieces of the report, and they um, complement each other. Yes, I have to say, I was, um, you know, we obviously we spoke quite a bit. And then you were working with, with the MSPOT team quite a bit. I was um, bewildered, confused, befuddled by some of the language you were using as we were going through this, because it really is, there's so much that goes into it. Let's, let's talk about kind of, so I, and I appreciate that. Um, the, what, what are some of the things that that you noticed from the report right off the bat that kind of jumped off the page at you and were like, wow, this is, this is something that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so we've already talked about the fact that it is a mom and pop industry. And because I've been working in the aesthetic space for years, you know, before med spas really started growing and it was still focused in derm and plastic offices, I love seeing year over year what's happening in the medical spa space. Who are the owners? And yeah. And let's actually get into that, Brooke, a little bit, because because the the the, the exact the, the exact uh, stat that I'm looking at was 66 percent are single owner, um, which is incredible um, when you think about it. And then you know most of them are one or two, only one or two locations. So you're you're talking single owner, um, small locations. But that, I just wanted to get that out there so folks could could get some um, some context. But then go ahead and uh, with your thought. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we're looking at the majority, you know, almost 90% being owned by either a single owner or a small group of owners that are not franchise or national chain or private equity. Yeah. So still very much mom and pop this year. I was really looking to see if that was trending yet towards corporate ownership. We did me not too. see that. So that was interesting to me. Um, the specialties that are owners still seeing Pretty low um, core four as part of that. We're seeing a lot of primary care physicians and then just a real range of different pre-life specialties before they got into aesthetics that are owners. And this year, something that was really interesting to me to see in this report was the growth of NP ownership that yeah. increased from 2019. Yeah, for sure. So so both of those points are... Um, were interesting to me as well. The, 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 the medical spa industry. And, and if you talk to the folks at Allergan or I love that you brought up Metasys from back in the day, those of you who are been in the industry for a while will know who Metasys is the rest of you. Yeah. Like, Who's Metasys? <laughs> um, but um, they'll tell you that, you know, the med spa industry is 
kind of the the, the fastest growing segment of the of all of aesthetics. Um, and and really, what we're talking about is that excludes a lot of the core four physicians, which are you know plastics, oculoplastics, um, derms, and uh, facial plastics. Um, so it's it's really these these other types of physicians, nurse practitioners, also and PAs who are coming in and really dominating the industry. And I was very surprised to see uh, um, it tends to be family practice doctors, a lot of ER doctors, um, but then in kind of the smattering of other, a lot of anesthesiologists, a lot of other things. I mean, that was super interesting to me as well to see kind of the range of, of people that are coming into the industry. And I wonder why that is. I mean, to me, I have my own thoughts, but I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I think it is... Um burnout, (laughs) to be honest. Like if you think about an ER doctor's schedule or an anesthesiologist doctor's schedule, those are intense and they've been doing those for years. And I think another piece of it is uh, when you think about primary care, it's really challenging to deal with insurance and run a business. And so I think people might get burnt out on if they are a physician who really wants to help their patients and they're struggling with insurance as a primary care doctor, they might get burned out on that and, you know, lose their, their faith or that desire to really help patients and they're looking for a new career. And this is, this is one that is an opportunity right now. And we, and we, I, I, whenever I talk to folks at our, at our boot camps or otherwise, um, that is exactly what people say. It's just, it's, it's just, oh my God. And this is a, a, uh, an area where you can get in and really kind of make your own splash, make your own brand. Um, let's talk about kind of industry side. I, I, I do want to get a, a, a little, I want to talk about industry size, but before we do that, since we're kind of on this kind of lo- lo- locations and, and, and group owned, the thing that, that always, um, that always, always jumps out. I mean, that I always reference when I, when I talk about the industry is, um, that 81% are single locations, which is basically the same as what it was back in 2019. Um, 19%. So the remainder have more than one location, but of that cohort, more than half of them only have two locations. So you're really talking about, um, you're really talking about an industry that is not only kind of doesn't have those large corporate players, but, and, and th- this report confirms what we found last time, which I thought was exciting, but it's, it's, it's also, it's also truly like these are, these truly are, this is a mom and pop industry. And, and I, I don't want to use that in a, in a way that sounds, you know, pejorative. It's, it's meant to be a, a positive thing. It's, it's, this is, these are entrepreneurs, small business owners, and you have, and, and there's not this giant conglomerate of, you know, Amazon or whatever gobbling up market space. Agreed. Yeah. And I, like I said earlier, I was waiting to see if that changed at all this year and across, you know, like the percent that are single owners versus group owners, the percent that are single locations versus multi-locations, it hasn't quite changed yet. And I agree with you. It, it is a nice thing and it's a great opportunity for these business owners. Yeah. So let's talk, let's talk about industry size. Cause you brought it up. What, uh, what are some of the things that you found about total industry size, you know, just kind of in general and then compared to, um, compared to the last report. And for those of you listening, listening yeah. carefully, you've got my dogs barking in the background, which is, you know, they're <laughs> applauding, okay. they're <laughs> applauding my question. 
Um, so I will say one thing that we were all talking about this year before running the report is, you know, what was the impact of COVID on the industry in 2020 and what will it be going forward? Right. Um, so I know, you know, everybody's ready to move on from that, but we can't talk about industry size in this report without talking about that. And yeah. We did see a small dip in 2020 as it relates to revenues and number of med spas when we forecasted. However, the in the vein of you asking me also what I liked and what was interesting for me about this report, the response that we got in the survey as to their average um, annual revenues in 2021 the growth was incredible and mm -hmm. it actually, we have to caveat it in our forecast that, you know, the growth numbers between 2021, 2020 and 2021, 21 and 22, it's impacted by the growth that happened after COVID. So take those with a grain of salt and don't apply those um, growth rates indefinitely. Right. Um, it's still growing. We saw people say that they expect continued growth in 2022. Actually, we asked that question in 2019, too. And we more people said they expect growth in this survey than they did in 2019. And of those who say, say that they were expecting growth, the percent growth is higher than it was in 2019. So mm -hmm. for me, coming out of... Um, this research, that is a key point that I just find fascinating. Yeah, the uh, me too. Um, and so we had we, we had estimated 65, almost 6,600 med spas in 2019. Uh, we saw we saw that dip, uh, you know, roughly a little, a little less than 10%, but we've kind of been saying 10%, you know, kind of attrition, which is, is really borne out by the numbers. Um, in, in 2020, we had 6,090, but then the, the, the bounce back the next year, as far as just number of med spas, and we'll get into revenue in a second, number of med spas went from, um, 6,090, um, in 2020 to set over 7,421. And then this year we're up, you know, the estimate is close to 9,000, which is bonkers. The amount that you've gone from 6,000 almost to 9,000 in just two years. Um, obviously COVID has something to do with that, but nevertheless, that jump is, is, is precipitous. It is. And something else that we see saw in this survey is, yes, there were closures due to COVID, but we also measure the percent of our respondents who are newly opened in the year that we're conducting the survey yeah. or had opened the year prior. And we're still seeing a consistent number of people, the rate that we're seeing of people opening med spas is consistent. That hasn't stopped. People are still starting new businesses in this industry. And what was that? Remind me what the, the because I, I noticed that too, and it was impressive that just the, the sheer number of med spas that are opening and that are brand new in 2021, um, I want to say it was like 17% or something like that. Yeah, you're right there. It's about 17%. Um, and I will, yeah, here it is, 17% in 2021 and 22% in, in 2020. So that hasn't dipped. People are still getting in. Yeah, that's I, that's that's crazy. I mean, and, and people are still coming in, and 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 we're projecting them to to continue to come in. Um, what? Um, 
I don't know, kind of growth like this. So going back to kind of just the 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 overall growth of the industry, we saw roughly, you know, when you talk to to to, and I'm looking at the kind of the overall industry size and revenue generated. So the year over year industry revenue growth rate. So how fast the industry is growing. Like when you say, oh, the industry grew thirty percent. This is kind of what we're talking about. We we we've seen from 2015 um, on. Uh, I mean, just a staggering amount of growth, you know, in 2000, just for those of you for kind of a frame of reference in 2015, we were projecting 3,625 med spas. We're not even 10 years later and look where we are. We're, you know, we're, we're basically almost triple that. Um, we've seen 20, 30, 50% growth year over year. Um, a dip, you know, minus 26 growth in 2020, but then 2021, 70% growth. I mean, in context of other industries and other reports you've done, talk about what that means and what you think about all that. Yeah. Um, so I, my, the researcher in me says caution, yeah. <laughs> first of yeah. all, because there's a number of things happening with that growth in 2021. Right. Um, because some med spas closed in 2020, when everything opened back up and there was a continued demand for med spa services, given that some had closed, the, the ones that were open had to service that overflow of patients that weren't going to their old med spas. So Patient volume increased in 2021 significantly. The average patient seen per month by a med spa location that was open, um, I think the numbers went from like 2020, 243 patients on average in a month. You know, every med spa is different, especially if they have multiple locations. But it went from 243 in 2019 to 283 in 2021 as average number of patients seen in a month and patient spend was up. So that is what is leading or what is driving that growth rate of 69%. Now, as med spas continue to open up, and I do think there's an increased demand naturally um, for med spa services, but there'll be more locations to service that. Mm -hmm. So um, the individual med spa year over year growth will probably go down from that 69% and we won't see that number. But that being said, I think the numbers that we're seeing in terms of growth are still consistent with prior years. Yeah, you're you're looking. You're we're projecting thirty two percent growth in twenty two, and again, I think you know COVID certainly is is still having an impact there. I think yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. But still, that's just kind of overall industry growth. But then you're you're you're, you're projecting, you know in excess of 15 or around 15% growth for the next couple of years, and then more than 10% in the future. Um, talk about how you, number one, just those numbers, if anything, there surprises you. And then, and also how you, how you come across, come across generally figuring that out. Cause I, th- I thought that was interesting when we talked about the kind of the construction of the report itself. Sure. So um, for this piece of it, the forecasting piece, I do bring in um, a forecasting expert because my expertise is in primary market research. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't do this part on my own. I work with a forecasting expert to do it. And that person has experience doing forecasts across a variety of different industries, different methodologies. Um, One thing I will say is that uh, forecast is an estimation. There's art as well as science in it. So that's always important for everybody to recognize. Um, We took 
survey data. So data points such as average number of patient visits, average spend per patient, um, typical annual med spa revenues that were reported in 2021 and 2020 um, in this survey, because we asked them back both those years, what were your average revenues? What were your average expenses? We, and oh, also um, demographics of patients, like what percent of your patients are female versus male mm-hmm. and what age brackets do they fall in? So we take all of that and we marry it up with other data sources that are available, like um, census information on the percent of the population that are um, in those age brackets that the primary patient population falls in, personal yeah. care expenditure data, growth rate data. And we take all of those, and there's a very specific methodology that we use to triangulate all of it um, into the forecasts that we see here. Yeah, and that's um, amazing. And, and and just the, the continued growth um, for this industry going forward, we're, we're, you know, we're estimating it to be 10% for, you know, years from now. Um, the, the other thing that's always staggering to me is, and, and this is just because we're, I mean, we're in the industry, but the, the, it's, this is a 15, you know, billion dollar industry plus a $16 billion industry, somewhere in that range, um, and growing, which is, which is, is, is massive. I mean, that's not a small, but again, I, you know, in, in context from other industries, it's small, but still that's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of, uh, treatments. Um, it's really exciting to see this, this industry continue to grow. Um, what, uh, what else, what, what else jumped out at you from this? What's, what are some of the things we can touch on for the listeners to, 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 to get just a taste of, of of what's in this report? Um, I do have one thing in mind, but I want to go back yeah. to something you just said. Um, so it, it's staggering to you that it's a $15 billion industry. And it is to me as well. And the, my forecasting partner and I go back and forth on this all the time. And we're looking at these numbers and we're thinking, you know, like, wow, what are our inputs? Does this sound right? Something we did this time was look at um, the forecast that we did in 2019 for what we thought the average revenue per med spa would be in 2020, I'm sorry, 2022 to 2023. And the reported data that we had, hard data from the survey that is not an estimate, that is actual, it's the average annual revenue per med spa, it matched our projection almost to a T. And so that's another confidence point that we use in the way that we forecast when we go back and we check our prior year's estimates to what are we really seeing in the data now. And the fact that we had a pretty right on match made us confident in the methodology that we're using. And we continued that methodology with a few tweaks for this year. Yeah, no, that's, I'm I'm glad you said that because, because that, that made us um, very proud. And, and, and I know you were, you were happy and proud about that too, because we did, we, we've really nailed the overall size of the industry from a monetary perspective. Um, and the other thing that I, that I look, looking at this right now, so we had, um, the, you know, roughly $10 billion industry in, in 2019, um, which is really on pace from what we, what we were looking at from our 19 report. Um, 
obviously with COVID in 20, it went, it went down precipitously and then bounced back up to, but in 2021, we are, um, we, we recovered to, to the point where we, we had surpassed 2019. Now we're looking at, you know, anywhere from 15 to $17 billion, uh, as an industry size in 2022. And by next year, um, 18 to 19 billion, which means from 2019 to 2023 estimating, um, the industry has doubled, you know, doubled in, in, in four years, um, plus COVID in there, which is extraordinary. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, it is very interesting. I'm excited for the next round, um, to see where the reported survey numbers come in, um, as it relates to this, this forecast, Something else that this is bringing up in my mind that was in the survey that I thought was interesting. It wasn't what I was going to say, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the average annual expenditures. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw uh, med spa revenues going up. They're not yeah. increasing their spend yet. They're st- I was waiting yep. for that to happen in their 2021 data to see their spend go up. Yeah. And their expenses go up. They're still kind of holding it close to the vest. I don't know if it's out of caution, but you know, you would expect investment in new technology, whatever it may be, as you see revenues going up in the industry growing. And we're not seeing in our data that that's happened yet. So I think for our next survey, it will be interesting to see. Yes, um, how that happen. evens out. Yeah, uh, that that caused us all some consternation um, because <laughs> um, you're 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 right. The 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 spend um, through the last couple of years over COVID has has remained low. Um, so it kind of went down. The, the obviously with COVID, there's shutdowns, there's there's layoffs, um, but it 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 really stayed the same. And what that what that did was jacked up our like the 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 profit mar average profit margin for 2021 or 22 was like something like 58 percent or something like that and we were just like that this is just bonkers this can't be right but when you when you think about it in terms of um you know there were a number of med spas that shut down people are coming back you've got all these other other factors um patients are coming in they're spending more but the med spas have really kept their costs down um that that's kind of what accounts for it. So I we 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 we're cautioning everyone to to take kind of the margins with a grain of salt. But I do think what what I'm interested to find out is is this purely a a factor of COVID and shutdowns, or is this um, that plus med spas are figuring out how to be more efficient, how to use some of the lessons they learned during COVID and translate it kind of going forward. So I agree. the, the next the next study is going to be interesting. Yeah, that's a really good point. It will be interesting to see where that nets out. So what uh, what else? I, we we I, I we've got a few more minutes, and I um um we'll, we'll, we're going to be talking about this report quite a bit going forward and referencing it because it's got, again it's got so much information. But we have uh, we have Brooke who who really authored this thing here, so I want to make sure we give you as much time as we can. What um what else jumped out at you um, from this report that we can talk about that's interesting to the to the, to the listeners? Yeah, so I would love to talk about um, female versus male and patients that are female versus male, because going back 10 years, you know, I remember my clients started talking, you know, on the industry side about males becoming a larger percentage of the aesthetic patients and how to target males. 
And people have been tracking that. Is it happening? Is it happening? And overall, in terms of the percent of patients that are male versus female, we didn't really see a change in the percent that are male versus female. It's still, you know, 12% male, 88% female. Where we did see a change was among the male patients, the younger patient population, 18 to 34-year-old males, from 2019 to now, the percent of male patients that are in those age brackets increased. So we're seeing a shift in this data. It will be interesting to see as the years go on how that shift plays out. But this year we saw the younger male population is a larger percent of their male patients. Yes, that was, I think, maybe in addition to some of the financial information, the kind of biggest takeaway that I had. And first of all, so let's, I mean, because what's interesting is when we did the report in 2019, we we were intrigued by the number of younger female patients, right? So the 18 to 34, you know, 20, uh, it was like, and that, that held steady, right? I think it was roughly 25, 26% of, of med spa patients are, um, of female med spa patients are in that 18 to 34 range. Um, so, so that's interesting in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, that's a full quarter of your of your population is, is is young. The the I always talk to folks about the the male population, and and people have been saying for you know fifteen years how men are going to be increasing, and they, and they just they just haven't. But this younger population really, but going up by twenty almost twenty five percent as far as the number of eighteen to thirty four year old male. Uh, uh, patients coming to med spas, I think is really important because if that holds, you're now going to see that again, repeat itself over years. And that's going to, that, that, that overall percentage is going to grow and grow as more men who are younger come into the market. And I can't wait to figure out why that is. Is it just because they're on Instagram or TikTok or what, what, whatever that is? Agreed. It was fascinating for me. And that's a whole other question. The why behind it, why are the younger males coming in? Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I, 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 I would also just like to know why more males in general aren't coming in. Um, cause again, you know, it's 88 to, to 12 and that's basically been, you know, 88% female, 12% male. That's where it's been kind of forever. Um, it's, you know, in the kind of the life of med spas, it's always been in that same range. It hasn't increased. Um, and I just I I don't know I don't know why that is. It's like I want to get a group of of men together and say why don't you go to med spas and maybe we can figure that out. Um, that is a focus group. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's um, your next research project. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we've um, we've got a couple minutes here. Um, so I, I guess um, what let's let's just kind of talk. F- Final thoughts. I mean, again, there's 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 so much in here we could we, we, we could talk all day. But um, what what are some of the things you know projecting forward as, as you're sitting here, at, having gone through the the creation of this report? This is now your second time. Um, what are some of the things um, that that you kind of want to close with? What are some of the final takeaways that you want folks to know? Hmm. Um. So final takeaways are everything that we talked about this past half hour with respect to what really popped out this study. It's really exciting. And for me, 
I love the next opportunity to look at how those data points change, stay the same. So I think about what are all of those going to be when we do this next year, when we do this in two years? What, if anything, is going to be different that we haven't talked about that's going to be really interesting and informative? So I think um, I love seeing the response to it. And that's what we talked about in the beginning, that one of the most challenging parts of research is to get people to respond to your research questions because they have other challenges, um, demands on their time. And I think what I would say is this is all very exciting, but next time AMSPA runs this survey, if anybody's listening to this and hasn't had the opportunity to participate over the last couple times that you've run it, just remember how impactful your response can be and how interesting the results are coming out of research like this, because it really is one of a kind in the industry. And please take the time to participate. Yeah, I, I um, kind of, you know, we buried the lead a little bit at the beginning talking about this, but it was, um, it, you know, and I know it's a challenge, um, but it's just, it, 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 it was a challenge. It, it was a challenge to get folks to respond. And I think we're learning from a, okay, what can we ask? Um, you know, we, we, we tried to, to slim it down a little bit this year. So it wasn't quite as detailed, um, tried to make it a little easier, a little quicker to answer. Um, but nevertheless, when you're trying to get this type of granular detail, as far as industry size, and, and by the way, we've got things on startup costs, expenses, um, you know, all, all, everything you can think of is in here. It's just, it, 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 it's, it's tricky when, um, folks open up the study and they're like, oh man, it's going to take me 20 minutes and I got to dig out all my financials and oh my God, it's like, you, you can, I can just sense people when they're, when they're looking, it's going, oh my God, I got to do it. But we do, you're right. It's so important because the, the, these are going to form the basis for, for benchmarking for the future, right? I mean, once we get, you know, our next one the, that we'll do, um, I, I can't wait for that one because then we're really going to have we're going to have we're going to have three in a row that really start to show you some real trends, right? I mean, that's you you need more than just one or or I think even two to really start showing trends. Is is is, is that a fair assumption? Very fair. Yep. Okay. Well, great. Uh, this is um, this is awesome. And and by the way, um, there's there's a whole section in here which. Um, I want folks to, to, to focus on when you look at this, which deals with the number of people who can't estimate their financials. Something like 42% can't estimate their revenue in, to, in 2021. Um, something like six, 61% couldn't estimate their expenses. Um, and to me, what that shows is, again, mom and pop, but there is also just there's so much room to improve and for folks to, to, to learn the basics. I, I was blown away by that. I don't know if that jumped out at you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we saw it in the first one, so yep. I knew what to expect, but there is opportunity there. And again, it's going back to their balance of time because they're seeing more patients than ever. So they have a lot of demands. That's right. On them. Okay, Brooke. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Where can folks, if, if, if someone wants to reach out to you and has a question or, or, or wants to commission their own study, what's, your, what, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Sure. Yeah, we are. The company is called Gordian Solutions Group. We are on LinkedIn. It's Gordian, G-O-R-D-I-A-N, Solutions, plural, group. And um, you can find us there. My email address is Brooke 
Scott Bauer, B-O-W-E-R, at Gordian Solutions Group. I'm happy to chat with anybody that has questions. Awesome. Well, thanks again. We're going to be, like I said, we're going to be, you know, rolling out more of this stuff and talking, you know, digging into it and having more, more discussions on some of the findings. Brooke, we'll have to, we'll have to bring you back when we start to digest this a little bit more. Um, but thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy. I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing your insight with the group. Yes. Thanks for the opportunity to chat with you, Alex. It was a great discussion and this is super exciting research. And you did great for your first time. A A plus effort. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Brooke Bauer of Gordian Solutions Group. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.